0: Here we are again, our class entitled Man to Man, Man to Man, Man to Man, so we're just having some Man to Man time, and talking, sharing some things. Tonight we're going to talk about a man and his kids, a man and his kids. You might say, well, I don't have any kids, so I need to go find me another class. No, good for you. If you don't have any kids, you can learn some things and don't have to learn by trial and error. So hopefully if you don't have any kids, then you are taking notes and keeping these notes, and they they will hopefully help you in in time to come. So I'm going to give you 10 tips tonight, 10 tips, man to man, a man and his kids, 10 tips to the fathers tonight, okay? The first one is love their mother. Love their mother. Actually, you're commanded to. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25 says husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So the Bible not only tells a man to love his wife but it tells a man how to love his wife. It says to love, love husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So so the Lord loved the church enough that he died for the church. So that's, that's how we are to love our wives. So it takes a lot of the little petty excuses for why we don't love our wives or, or, or show them our love. It, takes that, it kind of takes that away, doesn't it? It takes that away. Uh, here's what I know, and that is the atmosphere of the home will, be det- will help determine the security of the children. The atmosphere of the home will help determine the security of the children. Do you want your children to be secure? Do you want them to be secure? You can help that by, by loving their mama, by loving their mama, and being the husband to their mama that you're supposed to be. Somebody said, Happy wife, happy life. And uh, yeah. I'm telling you, there's a whole lot of truth in that. A whole lot of truth in that. Hey, you know, what you need to understand is you are teaching your sons how to treat their wives. You're teaching your son how to treat their wives. My father didn't teach me everything I needed to, to learn, and he, there were some things that he could have taught me that he didn't, but I will tell you that one of the greatest things my dad taught me was how to love my wife my dad wasn't the greatest father in the world but he might have been the greatest husband in the world and uh, i i i watched my father and i and i i learned an awful lot so understand you are teaching your sons how to treat their wives and you are teaching your daughters how to expect their husbands to treat them think about that for a minute think about that for a minute. Would you be happy if your son-in-law treated your daughter like you treat your wife? Would you be happy? Would you be happy if your son-in-law treated your daughter like you treat your wife? You're teaching your daughter how, what to expect from a husband. Hopefully, you're teaching well. The atmosphere of the home will, be, will help determine the security of the children. second thing I know, and that is, if you are divorced, treat your ex with respect. If you're divorced, treat your ex with respect. Don't bash your ex-wife in front of the kids. You may no longer be married. You may no longer be in love, blah, 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 blah. third part here, she might not be your wife anymore but she's still your children's mother and no one likes to hear people talk bad about their mother remember that your kids didn't ask for the divorce they're the tragedy in all of it remember that Treat your ex. I don't, I'm not, I don't care if they deserve it or don't deserve it. Your kids deserve it. And you're not necessarily doing it for your ex. You're doing it for your children. So remember that. Keep that in mind. Ten tips for a father. First, love their mother. Second, lead them spiritually. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 6 through 9 says to commit yourselves to the commandments of God and repeat them again and again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home. Talk about them when you are traveling. Talk about them when you are going to bed. And talk about them when you are getting up. Write them on the doorpost of your home and over your gate. Lead your children spiritually um, kids look to their mom for sympathy they look to their dad for direction and leadership if they fall down and go boom they don't run to daddy they run to mama because mama's going to kiss the boo boo away mama's going to love on them and kiss them and, and give them sympathy They go to daddy, and daddy's going to say, get up, you didn't hurt yourself. If they're a little boy, you say, come on, show me how tough you are. It'll stop bleeding after a while. Kids look to their mom for sympathy. They look to their dad for direction and leadership. So lead them. Lead them spiritually. Let them see you reading your Bible and hear you pray, and perhaps you get up way before they do, and maybe you have your devotions way before they do. Figure out a way where they can see you reading your Bible and hear you pray. Uh, tuck them in at night. Don't don't leave that for Mama. Uh, not I'm not saying Mama can't. I'm not saying you can't take turns. I'm not saying you can't do it together. But tuck them in at night, and. Read them a Bible story and and pray with them. Take them to church and get involved as a family. Take them to church. Don't send them to church. Don't expect mama to... Take them, dad. Take them to church and get involved as a family. You've got a little boy? uh, Become a Royal Ranger commander or helper while they're in that age group. Um, go on campouts with them. Um, they get a little bit older, get be teenagers, become a youth sponsor or a youth helper. Uh, when your kids are are, are that age, take t- take them to church and get involved. Get involved as a as a family, and then live at home what you portray at church. Live at home what you portray at church. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Live at home what you portray at church. Third tip I have for you, fathers, is affirm, affirm each child individually. Affirm each child individually. A child acquires much of their self-worth through the affirmation of their father. Kids, both boys and girls, desperately need the affirmation, validation of their, of their father. Make, make sure that, that they know you love them. Well, I put a roof over their head and I bring home the bacon. Well, that's what you're supposed to do, but that doesn't tell them. You have to tell them. Verbalize it. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that you are proud of them. Affirm them. Um, don't play favorites with your children. And you might have to work at this. If you've got two or three or four or five kids, you might have to work at this. Because all kids are not alike. They're not all the same. Some are more loving than others. Some are more lovable than others. Some are more trying than others. Um... Don't play favorites with your children, but you you might have to work at it, and kids can tell. They can tell. In my family, there were four of us, and we knew who the favorites were. We knew who Daddy's favorite was. We knew who Mama's favorite was. Don't play favorites. Your kids can tell. Your kids can tell. And they talk about it. And and don't lose interest in the ones that come along later on. And this goes for dads and grandpas, dads and grandpas. You know, that first when that first kid comes along, man, I mean, you know, just nothing. And you know, that first one comes along, wow. Second one comes along, wow. Third one comes along. fourth one comes along <laughs> fifth one comes along we might need to have a talk <laughs> don't lose interest in the in the ones that come along a little later on kids can tell and it affects them and not in a positive way figure out a way to connect with each child figure out a way to connect with each child because I've already said it, each child is different. Each child has different likes and dislikes and different temperaments and different personalities and, and they're turned in different directions. Become interested in what your child is interested in. Find out what your child is interested in, each individual child, and then become interested in it. It's called making a decision. I'm, all of a sudden, I'm interested in it. Because I'm interested in my child, and my child is interested in it. And I want to connect with my child. And the way I'm going to connect with my child is to find out what they're interested in and get interested in it and get involved in it. For my son, when he was growing up, it was baseball. Now I didn't have a problem getting interested in that because I loved baseball when I was a little boy. I played baseball, basketball, and football. But I loved baseball. When I was a little leaguer, I was the MVP. I went the whole season without striking out one time. I had the most home runs. I wish I just could have kept getting better and I went along. I'd been in the major leagues. It wasn't hard for me to get interested in baseball because I loved baseball when I, was a, when I was a little boy. And so I can, you know, and man, for Chad, it was baseball, 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 baseball. And we went to every game and almost every practice. And when he was in Little League, I coached him. Figure out a way to connect with your, with your kid. For Krista, it was gymnastics. I didn't give a flying flip about gymnastics until she came along and was interested in it. And all of a sudden, I was interested in it because my baby girl was interested in it. And so, I got interested in it. Now, Krista, Chad was baseball, baseball, baseball. Krista was gymnastics, cheerleading, debate, uh, basketball, volleyball, um, uh, uh, track. Krista, at 115 pounds, threw the shot put. And she went, would win. But gymnastics, she built up. A lot of strength, all that back flipping and flipping and all that good stuff, and parallel bars and all those things. All those things you do, and uh, these, you know, these big husky girls would come up there and they'd see this little petite little girl come up, and Krista would beat them. Figure out a way to connect with each child. There's a way. Find out what they're interested in, and. And become interested in. Don't expect them to be interested in what you're interested in. You, you're, the, you're the daddy. They're the kid. Find out what they're interested in and become interested in it. Number four, spend time with them. Spend time with them. Spend time as a family, as a group, as a whole, as a family. It's really, really sad that they've taken away the family table. That's where we always would connect when I was a kid was around the family table. Now with mama working as much or more than daddy and kids running everywhere and the, and the schools and no longer respect, you know, anybody's time and nobody respects anybody's time and, you know, all of this stuff and all the demands today, well, you know. Kids today don't even recognize dinner if it doesn't come out of a sack with a yellow M on it. They just, you know, it used to be mom, and now it's McDonald's. Okay, and I'm not throwing rocks, okay? I'm just saying it used to be the family table. And hopefully you still, but you know what? There's Saturday, There's which you're chasing them around for soccer, for ba- baseball, whatever. <laughs> Man, if there's any way you can get around that family table again. I know it may not be every night like we used to do. How many remember it was every night when you were growing up? Every night it was around that table. But get that table back. Get that table back if you can. Spend time around the around the table. Spend time with each with the family as a whole, but spend time with each child separately also. You're not know, going to get to know your child by just being with the whole family, you, you know, you're not. You've got to get some time, one-on-one, time individually. Here's what I know, and that is the time you give them tells them the value you place on them. The time you give them tells them the value you place on them. Because here's the truth, we make time for what we value most. We take time for what we value most. And here's what I know and I know it well. If you don't give your kids time when they are young they won't have time for you when you are old. A group of fathers was asked to estimate the time spent with their Youngsters, they're one-year-old and toddlers, how much time they estimated they spent with them a day. And the average that was recorded that these fathers said they were spending was 15 to 20 minutes a day. To verify these claims, the investigators attached microphones to the shirts of small children for the purpose of recording actual parental verbalization. The results of this study are shocking. The average amount of time spent by these middle-class fathers with their small children was 37 seconds a day. Their direct interaction was limited to 2.7 encounters daily Lasting 10 to 15 seconds each. Documented. If you don't give your kids time when they're young, they won't have time for you when you are old. Back in the 70s, Harry and Sandy Chapin Uh, wrote a song called Cats in the Cradle. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. And he was talking before I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad, you know. I'm going to be like you. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know we'll have a good time then. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I got a lot to do. He said, that's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed. It said, I'm going to be like him. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be like him. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know we'll have a good time then. Well, he came home from college just the other day, so much like a man I just had to say, Son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and said with a smile, What I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? When you're coming home, son, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. You know we'll have a good time then. He'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. When you're coming home, son, I don't know when, but we'll get together then, Dad. We're going to have a good time then. If you don't give your kids time when they're young, they won't have time for you. When you're old. My dad didn't have a whole lot of time for me when I was growing up. Tried to be a good son. We mended a lot of things and had a good relationship the last 25, 30 years, but it was never what it should have been. It was never what it could have been. And my dad, he could always talked to my wife. He had a hard time talking to me, but he could talk to my wife. And my wife told me, he said, he said, Your dad said to me one day, said, with tears in his eyes I sure wish me and Mike could have the relationship that he and Chad has the difference time spent time spent and I told you I was going to be open and honest and vulnerable with you. My dad's gone. And, And not a day goes by I don't think about my dad. But really what I really think about is not the relationship I had with my dad, but the relationship I always wanted with my dad and never had it and never ever can have it now. If you have little kids, don't let that time get away from you. Don't let it get away from you. I'm not saying I was a perfect dad, but I spent a lot of time with my kids. I validated my kids. And I connected with my kids. Do it. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Spend time with them. Number five. Be their father, not just their best friend. Or be their father, not their best, not their best friend. And I'm talking about now while they're kids, while they're little, while they're growing up, while they're adolescents, while they're teenagers. Be their father, not their best friend. Develop a proper relationship. And if you're their best friend while they're little, that's not a proper relationship. Your kids need you to be an authority figure. Not a peer. Again, I'm talking about when they're little, when they're growing up, when they're in the house, when they're teenagers, when they're adolescents, when they're taught, when they're, when, they're, when, when, when they're growing up in the house. They need you to be an authority figure, not a peer. They need rules. They need boundaries. And they need you to enforce them. And they may squawk and they may cry and they may say they don't like you. They may say they hate you and that you should only say it one time. And I'll let you read the rest into that. But they need, they need, they need you to be their father. You, they need you to be an authority figure. They need, you to, they need you to set boundaries and set rules and they need you to enforce them. This gives them security. You can become best friends when they're adults. That's when you become their best friend. Not when they're a toddler. Not when they're a teenager. They need you to be their father. Chad is one of my very best friends. He's my son, but he's my friend. And... And he's the first male that I call when I'm happy, and the first male that I call when I'm sad, and the first male that I call when I want to brag, and the first male I call when I want advice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number six. And I am friends with my daughter also, but my boy is my son, okay? So, number six, allow them to be kids. Allow them to be kids. Kids should be having fun. It should be fun to be a kid. Kids shouldn't have to worry. Kids shouldn't have to be anxious. Kids shouldn't be used as pawns between mom and dad and exes. Kids should be carefree. Their childhood is brief. Don't rush it. Yes, they should have chores appropriate chores appropriate age appropriate chores age appropriate responsibilities yes they should carry the load in the house because they're a part of the family they don't they don't get off scot free they're not you're not their slaves mama's not their slave i'm not saying that at all But let them have fun. Let them be kids. Seventy-five percent of their life is going to be lived as an adult if they live to their life expectancy. So don't make them get there too fast. And, and soak it all in while they are young because it goes by really, really, really fast. And I know... When you're trying to juggle work and kids and marriage and, and, and church and ministry and responsibility, you, you know, you think it's going to be forever, but I promise you it ain't. It's going to be, it's going to go by so fast after they get in school. And I'm just telling you, when they become a cheerleader, it's, it's too late. They're gone. They're gone. My my grandkids that are teenagers, 14 and 15, about to be 15 and 16, they're at school at 6.30 in the morning and they're coming home at 8 o'clock at night and doing homework and getting some dinner and going to bed and doing it again and again and again. They're gone. Soak it all in while they're young. It's going to go by so fast. Go to their games, go to their recitals, go to their graduations, go to all of their important events. It might not seem that important to you, but it's very important to them, and they're taking notes. Number seven, teach them by example. Teach them by example. Proverbs 22 and 8, or 22 and 6, train up a child. Say train. Train up a child in the way they should go. Here's what I know, that is kids learn most by what they see, not what they hear. Proper parenting is mostly hands-on training. Don't just tell them what to do, show them how. How? can't expect them to read their bible if you don't read your bible you can't expect them to pray if they don't hear you pray can't expect them to go to church if you're not going to church can't expect them to to treat their peers right if you and your wife are yelling and screaming at each other all the time they they learn by what they see not what they what just what you tell them and then and don't forget to teach them practical skills don't forget to teach them practical skills how to change a tire how to mow an edge a lawn how to maintain a vehicle how to create and manage a budget and on and on and on teach them practical 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 things number 8 promote open communication Promote open communication. And and this will only happen if you develop a personal relationship with your kids and spend time with them. Talk about everything. Talk about everything. And no subject is off limits. No subject is off limits. Age-appropriate, but no subject is off-limits. Listen, they're going to talk to someone. They're going to get their information from someone. And it's probably going to be incorrect. And it's probably not going to be presented the way you want it presented. So you better be talking to them. And you'd be amazed at what they already know. I've been criticized when I preached about sex on Sunday morning because the kids are in there. Really? Is your head in the sand? They could tell you some things. They need somebody to tell them the right things, the biblical things, the correct things they need to hear it not just from the pastor not just from the church they need to hear it at home that's where they really need to hear it we'll talk about everything no subject is off limits and you may have to and with your son you may have to approach the subject he may be embarrassed to talk about it and and uh, allow for differences of opinion. Listen as much as you talk. And and I'm going to let you in on a little secret. They may not have the same opinion you have. Huh? They may not have the same opinion you have. And they may have a good argument. So allow for differences of opinion. If you don't, you're not going to be doing a lot of talking. They're going to shut down on you. And if you talk down to them because they don't agree with you and make them feel stupid because of their opinion, they're sure going to shut down on you. And not only are they going to shut down on you, but it's going to affect their self-esteem because daddy just told them they were stupid, even if he didn't use the word. So be careful. Listen as much as you talk. Don't talk down to them if they have a difference of opinion. And don't fight every battle. Don't fight it. You, you know, use, be smart with your words. And, well, maybe have you thought about this? Have you th- maybe, think about it this way, maybe. You know, don't, don't say, I'm right, you're wrong. Say, well, but have you thought about it this way? Have you thought about this? Well, what do you think about this? You know, make questions, not just statements. And don't fight every battle. Not worth it. Not worth it. Only fight the important ones. And then, and then don't make your kids feel like they have to hide their mistakes. Make them feel like it's safe to come to you with their mistakes. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be consequences for mistakes. But help them realize, you know what? There's going to be consequences anyway, and I'm going to find out eventually anyway, and it's going to be a whole lot better if you come to me. I'm going to be a whole lot easier on you if I, if you come to me. And not only that, but I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you learn from your mistake, and I'm going to help you repair the damage, and I'm going to help you to not make that mistake again. But again, you've got to... That this comes through a relationship, and it comes through open communication, and it comes through talking about everything, and and it comes through uh, uh, making a safe place for them. Number nine, show them proper priorities. Notice I didn't say tell them, show them, show them. Show them proper priorities. What are proper priorities? Relationships before responsibilities. Relationships before responsibilities. Teach them that people are more important than positions or projects. People are more important. Than positions or projects. Work hard and play hard. Work gives us purpose, play gives us pleasure. Both are good. And both are are important and both are needed. My dad taught me how to work hard. He taught me how to be the first one to work and the last one to leave. He taught me to work hard, to show up, to do my work, to do everything with excellence. To call in if I'm going to be late. That's why I could get married at 17 because I, at 17, I was making a man's wage. At 17, I was a top hand in drywall. I made top wages. Then I went and pastored a church. (laughs) I went from 200 a week in 1972. That's pretty good wages to $15 a week. That's not good wages. But my daddy taught me how to work hard. He didn't, tell me, he didn't teach me how to play. But I did learn how. And I do pretty good at that. All right, number 10. My, the 10th, 10th tip for fathers, and that for their children. Help them find their place. Help them find their place Proverbs 27 and 8 says like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place there's a place for your children in this world there's a place for them help them find it God has a place for them, he has a place for you you hear me talk about it all the time, he's got a place for you but he's got a place for your kids help your kids find their their place Help them discover their uniqueness. Help them discover their uniqueness. Psalm 139 and 14, and we talked a lot about this when, a couple of lessons ago with, with us as men, but this is very important that we instill this in our, in our kids. Psalm 139, verse 14, thank you, God, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous they have a natural desire to fit in teach them to stand out it's not the people that fit in that excel in life it's the people that stand out you just fit in, just be one of the crowd. You just average old Joe. Don't no. Teach him how to stand out, right? And how do you stand out? You stand out by by discovering your uniqueness. What is unique about you? And then you develop that uniqueness. I'm 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 I'm. I'm going to give an illustration that I just remember off the top of my head, so I might be a little bit off on it, but so don't judge me on it. I think it was the Japanese, though, that were world ping pong champs. All right? Years ago? You know what? I'm not going to go there because I can't tell it exactly right. It ain't going to work. But anyway, it's simply the, the, the moral of the story was to soar with your strengths. Of your strengths, they didn't even. I think it was their backhand that they didn't even practice. They anyway. I blew that. That's all right. It's all right. It's all right. You're not going to stand out by you know being average at everything. Find out what you what you you're uniquely gifted for. And then and then develop that. Stand out. Don't blend in. Stand out. I've been called a bulldog. Well, you know what? Where God's put me, I was able to thrive as a bulldog. That's where, where God's put me, they needed a bulldog. Chihuahua wouldn't get the job done. So I'm not I don't I'm not upset I'm a bulldog. I'm not upset. Doesn't doesn't make me feel bad. Call me a bulldog all you like. Because where I've been The basset hound couldn't get the job done. Okay? I don't know what your temperament is. I don't, you know, your kid's temperament or your kid's gifting, but help them discover their uniqueness and help them stand out and help them develop that. And then help guide them, but don't pressure them help guide them but don't pressure them don't expect them to want what you want don't try to live out your your unfulfilled dreams through your kids they have their own dreams they have their own dreams And they're going to have a tendency to want to try and please their father because they're looking for affirmation. They're looking for their father's affirmation. And so many of them are going to be willing to live out your dream that's not even their dream in order to get an affirmation from you. Don't allow that to happen. That's not fair to your child. Don't force your dream on them. Let them dream their dream. And you champion their dream. It's their life. You had yours or you have yours. Let them have theirs. There was a young man in my church many years ago, not this church, another church that I served. And he wanted to go into ministry. His father didn't want him to be a preacher. He wanted him to have, to be another vocation that paid a whole lot more money. And so he pushed his child Do what he wanted to do. And this young man went to college to be not what he wanted to be, but to be what his father wanted him to be. And this young man squeezed four years of college into six and did not get a degree. Daddy finally realized what he had done to his son, allowed his son to go into ministry. And his son became fulfilled at doing what he felt he was supposed to do. Help guide them, but don't, don't pressure them. Don't pressure them. Our son graduated high school, went off to Southwestern, to Southwestern Assemblies of God University to become, for ministry. We didn't push him there. We didn't push him into the ministry. But after he said he was called into ministry, we were happy that he went there. Our daughter said she is called into ministry. So we assumed she also would go to Southwestern and get a degree in ministry. First of all, she was going to do the opposite of whatever her brother did, no matter what. (laughs) Hopefully she won't listen to this recording. And if you tell her, I'm just having a little fun. But there's some truth in that. But she said she's going to Master's Commission. Now, I had nothing against Master's Commission. Initially, I didn't understand it. And at the, and when she went into it, it wasn't as popular. And it was something relatively new and whatever. And most Pastors' kids didn't do that. Kids, Some kids in the church did that. But most pastors' kids didn't anyway. So every year at uh, campus days at Sagoo, we took our daughter to Sagoo for campus days. And every year when we drove away, she said, you can take me every year, but I am not going to Southwestern. I am going to Master's Commission. And guess where she went? Master's Commission. And, and, that's where God called her, and she excelled there and did well there and learned things there. She would not learn at Southwestern. She would have learned things maybe at Southwestern. She didn't learn at Masters. It's a trade off, but uh, I have no qualms about it. And we didn't make her feel bad about it. We just gave her the opportunity. We just pointed her in a direction, and she just went another direction and that's, and that's, and we, and she got the support and financially and in, a, in every, in every way. And her husband's sitting right there, graduate of Southwest, of, uh, of, uh, uh, master's commission as well. And he can tell you that, 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 that's the truth. We were there for them. We were there for, for her, um, help guide them, but don't pressure them. And then, and then finally support the decisions Support the decisions of your adult children as much as you can and be their number one cheerleader. They won't always, your adult kids we're talking about now, they won't always choose the path that you would choose for them. But it's not your life, it's their life. Let them live their own life. You don't want to be responsible for their unhappiness. Give your opinion only when asked. Talking about adult children. Give your opinion only when asked. And then after you give their, your opinion, then assure them that you're going to support them regardless of their decision. And then do it. Don't just say it, but do it. Have my adult children always made the decisions that I wanted them to make? No. But they've always had my wife and I's love and support in the decisions that they have made. Because it's their life. And, and, and here's what we've always said. And, you know, we, I did my very best to teach my kids how to hear the voice of God. And so when they tell me they've heard the voice of God, and I taught them how to hear the voice of God, and they listen to me as I talked about the voice of God and hearing God speak to me and following God's voice, then how in the world can I go against when they throw the God card at me? Amen? All right. Hey, that's uh, the 10 tips that I have. Um, have these cards been passed out, Olu? Or I guess they're not. They're sitting right here. Or has any of these been passed out? Okay, hey, here's what I'd like to do next Wednesday night, if, if you would like. I would love to have a question and answer session, uh, but I want the questions ahead of time, okay? So I can be a, be, I can look smart, okay? So um, take one of these cards and fill it out, and you can ask one question, five questions, three questions, two questions, Nothing is off limits. It can be about something we've talked about. It can be about, about being a husband. It can be about being a father. It can be about, you know, a father wound. It can be about uh, uh, sex. It can be about um, anything. There's no off limits. There's no. This is man to man. So there's nothing. There's nothing off limits. There's nothing that I will not address. Doesn't mean I'll have the answer, but there's nothing that I won't address. So, and if it's an embarrassing question, then you know, uh, turn it over, and we're gonna we'll pick them up and we'll put them on the bottom of the pile. In fact, we'll do that. Nobody's gonna know who did what. You don't have to sign it, but what you do have to do, if I'm gonna answer your question, there's one thing you do have to do, that is, you have to write where I can read it. So print very, very clearly. If you need, if you're like me and you have a doctor's uh, uh, handwriting, I should have been a doctor. Actually, I am a doctor. I'm M.D. Benson. I'm a doctor. I'm M.D. Benson. I'm not Benson M.D. I'm M.D. Benson. How many know the difference? About a half a million a year. That's the difference. Okay? So... uh, Fill out those questions if you have one or have two or three, and uh, we'll pick them up here in in a minute. But please, uh, either write legibly or print legibly, because I can't answer it if I can't read it. And i got to read the whole thing. I can't just read part of it, because that may skew the whole thing. So if you have a question about anything, it could be about finances, it could be about church, it could be about... It could be about anything. It doesn't matter. It's man to man. Any question that 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 you have, and I'm not putting myself up as old wise one that have all the answers, okay, but I will. I have lived for almost 64 years, and I've learned a lot of lessons, some trial and error, some by reading books, some by listening to other ministers and ministries, some by mistakes I've made, some by uh, just uh, watching other people, Somebody just living life. So I'll give you my opinion. I'll give you the word as much as I can and give you my opinion. Okay?